You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation now on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. And welcome back to episode 15 of Double Exposure Show with myself, Petro, and Sophia. You can uh, get show notes for this episode on doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 15, as in number 15, one five. And uh, join the conversation on Facebook with, uh, by finding Double Exposure Show group. And we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, Happy New Year. Oh, was that to me or to sure, all Sure, it's to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And to uh, and and to the pair of uh, animals that have decided to start a fight on the table that I record on. And see, um, my animal so, is so well behaved. He's just snoozing in the background right now. I know. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks so adorable. Um, Giant. But, uh, yeah. Happy, ha- happy New Year, indeed, to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a new a new start to a new year. Hopefully, uh, everybody can get their ducks in a row. I know I've got some things that I want to start fresh on. And, um, uh, I don't do, uh, those new year's resolutions. How about you, Sophia? You do those? I actually don't, but uh, this year I sort of decided to do one kind of, and it's less a new year's resolution and more of a plan. So basically I put more tasks like weekly tasks into my like Sunday task list. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So I just have to check them off every week. You want to share some of those with us? It's uh, mostly financial-based stuff, so just nice. tracking my stuff, and I'm going to try avoiding money. Uh, avoiding avoiding money. No, I'm not going to avoid, avoid money. money. <laughs> avoid money at all costs. <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid spending money, which is ah. not an easy thing to do. That being said, yeah, good luck you know, with that. I just ordered a new mattress and a new phone. So yeah, but that happened before. December 31st. So there you go. So start, start yeah. fresh. Yeah. I thought I, I better For, spend all the money your, and, and then <laughs> really, really rate. cut up your, your credit cards yeah. and, uh, well, I'm, I'm not doing know, burn that. Your cash. <laughs> oh. I'm not cutting okay. up my credit cards, but yeah, trying to spend less money through the month because like, I'm always surprised by how much money at the end of the month. I'm like, Whoa, like I went out to dinner a lot. Huh? Yep. I uh, have an account tracker uh, in the app or even online with uh, RBC, who I do my banking with. And uh, yeah, sometimes I'm kind of like, how did how did my going out to dinner expenses go into quadruple digits uh, yeah. in one month? I yeah. don't I don't get it. So um, yeah, I, I guess that's what happens when you work, uh, you know, 80, 90 hour weeks. Um, you just the last thing you want to do is cook and you just go, all right, let's get some takeout or how about we go here this time around? But I guess the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. Um, most of the people who are following me have already know this, but Hannah and I are expecting a little one. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to start doing the same thing, sort of diverting some of the finances towards that. Um, yeah, so surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think that a baby is a New Year's resolution, really. No, not <laughs> not not resolution at all. I don't do resolutions because it's uh, uh, the, the calendar itself is kind of arbitrary, right? It's like 12 months. Well, what do you do after that? So 
um, anything I want to do, you know, basically, uh, as far as the business goes, uh, my fiscal year does start January 1st. So there's a lot of new things that I'm doing for the business. Um, for example, it's going to be a little bit more hardcore with the receipts and things yeah. like that, because even though we covered the wave, um, topic and, and I use the app and everything, uh, I'm not very good at it. So now I'm just kind of saying, all right, 2017 is the year let's, let's get this done. Um, so starting fresh and that's sort of what we're going to talk about, uh, because I think a lot of people, you know, especially my second year students are about to start fresh, so to speak. Well, not until end of April, early May, but I'm always the one kind of poking them and saying, you better start thinking now, you know, especially if you, if you wanted to get your, get into business yourself, uh, start, start now, start right away, start the first day of January or first week of January and, uh, you know, get, get yourself on the wave apps, the thing and start tracking things. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe register your business, maybe get, uh, you know, get, get yourself, uh, get yourself set up. So that's, uh, I guess, the topic for today's episode can, anyways, right? Can we start right there? Actually, you said something interesting about maybe register your business. And I've had this mm -hmm. conversation with people who want to charge for their services. And should I register my business? I don't know. And I always recommend that, yeah, register your business. Because even if you're not making over $30,000 a year, um, you're going to be getting your HST back. So just, yeah. just do well, it. <laughs> so I guess what you're talking about is HST. Yeah, I don't really care about registering the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skip the the business registration. Yeah. Um, so, but but you're right. Um, you should start, if you're going to conduct yourself in a business uh, type situation where you want your photography to be a business, to have an income, then yeah, definitely uh, consider registering a business um, and more than just registering your name and the word because in, in Ontario, and I have to kind of, uh, I'm not an expert by any means on uh, the territories or the other <clears throat> provinces or US, how it goes, but I will say that I do know a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to doing business in Ontario, since I've been doing it for 15 years now as a business. And uh, you do have an option to register just your name, which is free. Or you can pay $60 and register a trade name. So, for example, uh, you can register Sophia Lemon, but if you register Sophia Lemon Photography or Photography by Sophia Lemon, that's when the fees uh, come in. And to tell you the truth, $60 for a five-year registration is not a lot of money. So mm -hmm. just do it and, and that should be the first thing you put down as your uh, business expense. Uh, business registration and then go ahead and register for the HST because you're absolutely right. The number one thing I keep hearing from people is if you don't, Oh, you, you know what? You don't make $30,000. You don't have to, that's correct. But there are so many benefits to having uh, an HST license, so to speak, to collecting HST that you might as well do it because it will help you out in the long run. <clears throat> and what happens if you decided to, you know, actually make a living at it. <laughs> you, you're definitely going to have to charge more than $30,000 because that's $30,000 worth of sales, not profit. Yeah. And let's face it, nobody wants to have just a $30,000 a year or less. Mm -hmm. By the time you break it down and all the expenses, you're, you know, you're making five, $600 a month. Yeah. Who, who wants to, to live like that? So uh, I guess that should be the first thing you do is uh, definitely register a business, um, and get get the ball rolling. Um, and 
I think one of the keywords that I want to throw around here is branding. Um, oh boy. This is right. So, <laughs> so consider when registering your business about your branding as, uh, as a whole. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves, uh, is when people just get lazy about it and they just throw the word photography, uh, behind their, their full name. And it's like you, you, Sophia are, are an example of when it actually does work because Sophia Lemon is, uh, is a really cool brand. Well, that, Uh, you know, you can, yeah, but I didn't put photography at the end of mine. So mine is literally my uh, name. Right. So, yeah. And you're right. And, it, and that's... I, it kind of bugs me just seeing first name, last name photography. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to lose about 80%. Yeah, of I am so right. sorry to everyone. <laughs> I just, it doesn't sound as nice to me, but I am a person yeah. who literally just used my name. Like I am super lucky that my last name is Lemon. That is really convenient mm-hmm. for me. And I tried to think of different ways to incorporate my name into business names and it just didn't it was all coming back sounding like really dorky and it just it didn't work and i have to admit my first business was uh petrot yahur photography oh my goodness which nobody can even pronounce my name right (laughs) um and i did that because i could not come up with anything at all at all and um when it was time to renew i uh renewed it as a petro photo Because Which I liked. It's cute. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. And then I decided, wait a minute, I'm, I need to rebrand because we're going, there's going to be more than just Petro using yeah. uh, or rather working under this uh, business. So we rebranded to Lux Photography Company. And, you know, from the start, from the beginning, from uh, the 2002 September when I was actually still a student uh, at uh, taking photography in college when I actually registered my business. The word Lux and photography were always on the back of my mind, but uh, it was always L-U-X that I was thinking because Lux is a measurement of light. And <clears throat> I thought, how would be a cool thing to to do with this? And um, when I uh, met Hannah and we decided to brand the business together, um, she suggested L-U-X-E. And I was like, yeah, we're all over this. Let's, let's do this. Let's move forward with this. So long story short... Um, we have kind of an identity and our branding and everything is all Lux Photography Company. So I strongly recommend, you know, consider what it's going to take for things like um, web dom- web uh, addresses, like domains, um, yeah. you know, your, your business identity on um, like business cards or letterheads or um, even just social media. You know, if you, if you have a really long uh, name that's going to be very confusing for people and just it it's just kind of it looks silly mm-hmm. um well and people know, so have to be able to hear your name to... and then people have to be able to hear your name and go mm-hmm. google it <laughs> yeah exactly and google's pretty good at correcting certain things but if you if you're trying to spell a last name it it's not going to know what to do. It's just going to say, uh, did you mean this? And it's not going to be what you meant. <laughs> so, you know, um, unless you're lucky and your, your name is Amanda Smith. Um, and then, uh, it ha- the Smith happens to be with a Y and nobody can find you, <clears throat> but consider the, the fact that, uh, there's other people with your name out there and there's, it's very likely 
you might find this hard to believe, but it's very likely that somebody out there might have a website that's also their name that is using it either for creative purposes or other business purposes. And it's going to create some confusion online. But so in whole, consider that, you know, pick something that um, looks good, sounds good, and easy to spell and easy to recognize and something that could actually be worked into a brand. So that's, uh, that's kind of where you should start. So almost go backwards, right? Kind of create a brand and then register that brand as a business. Register register your business going from there. Um, but uh, to establishing a web presence. So going forward with uh, deciding on, you know, uh, a domain name. Yep. Uh, how important do you think it is to have it is to have a name that has your entire brand in it? Um, so you know, what do you for mean? example, like if you are photography, if you are photography by Sophia Lemon, would you go photography by Sophia Lemon dot com? No. Or would you shorten it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Like my domain is Sophia Lemon dot com. That's it, and that is all I would ever do. I think. Um, yeah. You always want to keep the domain as short as possible while being memorable. So I did work for a company at one point that shortened their um, domain address to an acronym, which no one but the people at the company understood. Um, so that's exactly. a problem as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, always shorten it to full words, basically. Make it as easy as possible for people to remember it. And the other thing is, People will be emailing you at this address as well. So, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty important. So, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on uh, the domain, the the top level domain um, extension? So, do you, do you think you absolutely need a .com, or so can you go .ca say, or .co? I think .ca is fine. Uh, I would always say go .com if possible, unless the extension makes sense. So your company, for example, is Lux Photography Company. So your domain, I believe, is luxphoto.co. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, Mine is just sophialemon.com. Our friend Benjamin Edward, his is benjaminedward.ca. When possible, get .com because people automatically assume .com. But to be honest with you, people search for things in Google before they type the actual address in these days. So Exactly. I've I've gone yeah, through exactly. Google Analytics and seen that people have searched sophialemon.com in Google to find me. So <laughs> Yes. Your domain address isn't that important so long as it's clear, right? Yeah, and the thing is the the way the brow- browsers work is my Google search bar is my address bar. Exactly. So so depending on what happens whether you know, Safari decides, you know what, I'm going to treat this as a search rather than a domain name. Yeah. It's really up to Safari. Um, but you're right. People, <laughs> people search for domains all the time. It is really funny. Um, <laughs> which, which is okay because it gives the opportunity for Google to correct spelling and things like that. Now that's not, that, that shouldn't give you an excuse to be lazy. And, um, because who knows what's, who knows what it's going to be like in five, 10 years. Right. And I mean, that's still far away and you can fix certain things, but, I'm always wondering, you know, like, uh, we're, we're at the point where technology and progress, uh, wonderful things, but things change so rapidly, you know, mm-hmm. you in the past, you know, if, if this was the eighties, you could potentially just say, you know, let's, uh, let's advertise in yellow pages and 
not worry about it kind of like and that, that could be your campaign for 20 years uh now you know you can sort of start something on social media and then it's different six months later it doesn't work the same so if you can get a .com, get a .com because i think maybe five percent of the people i give my domain to they they will email me and say or rather they'll call me and they'll say um yeah, I went to uh, email you, uh, you know, Petro at LuxPhoto.com. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then and I'm kind of like, well, it's .co. And they go, oh, I thought you just <laughs> spelt it wrong on your business cards. Um, great. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I've had a person one uh, cor- try to correct it. He whipped a pen out and he goes, uh, is there an M at the end? I said, no. Oh, oh, it's .ca then. And he put a little tail on the O and I said, oh, no, it's God .co. Take. Yeah, it, this happened only a handful of times over the last uh, four years the, since we've rebranded. But, uh, <laughs> you know, people don't know that .co is out there. Um, and so I guess I, I would say if you can, just save yourself the headaches, go doc, .com. And don't be don't don't go using acronyms, but don't be shy to make it nice and short. So yeah. like uh, petrophoto.ca was my uh, old domain, you know. <laughs> Uh, because petrophoto.com was taken. Yep. So we decided, well, we're Canadian. Let's just go .ca. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, our domain is part of our branding. So we're kind of going forward with it. Yeah. And uh, so it's luxphoto.co. But uh, which uh, if, you're, if you're listening and you decide to check it out, it will you will notice it just points to my Facebook page at the moment. So next uh, Monday, we're actually starting... Um, the fourth semester with my second year students and we're building websites, uh, WordPress websites, basically online portfolios, just to kind of give them a, a, a platform to blog and uh, uh, their English uh, class, I forget what it's called, but they actually have to blog uh, in that class. <laughs> and uh, so they get to use, they get to blog while build a blog. It's, it's really cool. It's uh, really neat how we kind of tie it in together. Yeah. But um, uh, I'll be building one alongside with them, just just to show them, you know, this how how easy it kind of is, but also how much work you actually have to put into yeah. it. And uh, I'm I think I'm gonna do that every uh, every uh, fourth semester. So um, I'll actually have a new website every twelve months. <laughs> but personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't get a ton of business from the website, and I think because we do quite a bit of advertising on social media. Uh, and, uh, a lot of our business comes from Facebook ads where we can target, uh, specific people and, um, basically reach out to them, uh, at the place that they are most of the time. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I don't really, uh, I don't want to get too deep into Facebook advertising today. Oh just yeah. We're not going, we're not going to like talk about it much more. Deep. I, I will give a couple tips for the website though. Um, so make your website, you can use WordPress, you could use Squarespace, something like that. Um, but what what to avoid, tell me what, what people, what shouldn't people use? Don't. Oh, well, if you're using Squarespace, for example, they have one of those clauses in their contract that say that they own everything that you put on their service. Um, it's the same as Facebook. It's so they can wipe their hard drives whenever they want and not give you any warning. So just be aware of that sort of stuff. Um, obviously you're going to have backups of your photos elsewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not meant to scare you. Exactly. I mean, don't yeah. be, don't be 
paranoid that uh, they're just going to delete your website on you yeah. and that's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and things to avoid, don't just create a splash page. Um, your website should convert people who are coming to it. So um, having a bunch of stuff is less important or showing up first on Google is less important than how many people you are converting on your homepage. So when people exactly. when people get to your homepage, they should know exactly what it is you do and they should know how to get a hold of you. So my advice is to include one photo or a few photos of some of your work on your homepage and then a nice big link or a forum where they can email you. Mm -hmm. um, have a page for your primary services. So if you are a wedding photographer, have a page for weddings, have a page for engagements. Um, if you're a portrait photographer, have a page for families, have a page for studio, have a page for grads. Um, and then have your contact page or about page. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, just keep it simple. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... And that's, that's the mistake that I find people make is they kind of... Uh, uh, put too much on it, it, this is really is a case of less is more um and, and at the end of the day you're only as good as your weakest photo right so rather than filling it with content try to put your best work that shows your talent shows what you are capable of doing yeah for sure don't put a photo up just because it took a lot of work to take the photo or because it's special to the couple or something make sure that it's a photo that other people will look at and be like, I want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, good tips for sure. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of add a comment to that, um, for the longest time, our, our website was bare bones, very minimal, mm -hmm. and same with our social media. And I'd say maybe over half of the people that would go to the website would e email us and say, wow, I love what I see, but I want to see more. Yeah. And that was my way of converting them into a client. I would say, great, we can meet tomorrow at 6 p.m. Yeah, for goodness sake, or, you do not need to have 70 billion photos on your website. Yeah, If I agree. I mean, have an album that you can take to a consultation and show people like one full wedding. But I hate it when people are like, oh, can I see some full weddings like in all of your weddings <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. like i don't post people's family photos from the wedding on on my website because right. there are people in those photos who don't want to be online um and it's just exactly it's kind of a personal thing for them so um, well it's not something that people typically exactly. go oh wow exactly yeah. i want to i want to hire Sophia <laughs> yeah. because she took an amazing yeah. photo of uncle ron <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but uh, to keep it on topic of just starting out, right? I mean, let's uh, let's yeah, not get sorry. too much into it. <laughs> we sort of no, no, it's there. it's cool. I, I I totally want to talk about it more, and uh, that's that's the beauty part. Is uh, you know we're starting out a new the new year uh, with uh, uh, people who are starting out in photography in mind, and uh, you know if you're already established and you're listening to to us for a different reason, then you know still. These are everything we're suggesting, uh, our future topics. So uh, stay tuned and, uh, we'll, you know, there's going to be definitely big nuggets of information that you're going to be able to pull away from uh, the, the future episodes. Yeah, I think I guess the next step would be to make a Facebook page, um, which. So, so <laughs> yes, social media presence is, is, is huge, but 
this is where you can also overdo it, right? I see a lot of young photographers just uh, do too much. Um, yeah, for sure. They go uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, um, Instagram, Pinterest. Pinterest. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so definitely start with the Facebook page. Yeah, what, what about what next? Honestly, I would just say start with the Facebook page. And the reason you're creating it is so that people know that you exist. So don't create a Facebook page, invite all of your friends, and then expect to um, be booking sessions and weddings all of a sudden. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And it, and how important, well, it makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> if we wait for our listeners to tell us, I don't know if, I don't know if we'll hear them, but <laughs> um, how important is it to have likes uh, on your page? It's really not important. <laughs> the importance yeah. is engagement. And, um, um, so you want people engaging with your photos on Facebook, yeah. but if you are, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, I'm sure I'm going to go on a long rant about it. If you are focusing all of your marketing attention on your Facebook page, if that's what you're doing all day is posting pictures to Facebook and then watching to see how many people like it and how many people comment on it, then you have a problem. <laughs> and our listeners have all left. I've done it. Uh, I have like just sat on Facebook all day and been like, why is nothing happening? Well, because you shouldn't be sitting on Facebook all day. There yeah. are other things that you could be doing. Um, so Absolutely. don't focus all of your attention on Facebook. So make your website, make it simple, add some photos, add those top pages, make a Facebook page so people know you exist, invite your friends, post to it three or four times a week to keep it updated. And then beyond that, there are other things that you should be doing to bring in new business. That's right. And it's all about bringing in business. So um, on Facebook, you can post the coolest photo that gets uh, picked up and becomes viral and becomes shared and everything. And people love it and give it a thumbs up and mm -hmm. uh, laughs and hearts. Yep. But if you got zero business from it, you just, yeah, it's just you achieved nothing. You've achieved nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> now, um, if you put, you know, did a blog post and shared it on Facebook and it got picked up by Petapixel or Bored Panda and all of a sudden, you know, people in your area are discovering you and messaging you like, wow, we just got engaged. You know, let's say you're doing weddings. We just got engaged. We would love to meet with you to discuss things. Then, hey, that's awesome. Yeah, perfect. Then, you know, that's exactly what you want. Who cares about the the your favorite photo and that it only received seven likes who cares yeah. who cares that you're only sitting at 125 page likes yeah. um, like social media marketing should not be like 80 percent of what you're doing every day um absolutely it will obvious it will work really well for some people and then for others it just won't work as well so yeah. we will have episodes on on different marketing yeah, techniques and stuff and and on how to bring people yeah. to, uh, how to bring potential clients. And, th yeah. and that's the beauty part of Facebook. It allows you to target people <laughs> if you wanted to spend some money. And uh, you, you control all these variables, yeah, you know, and sure. you, you can bid realistic amounts because let's, let's face it, uh, Google AdWords are ridiculously expensive, especially in such a saturated field like photography. Yeah. And to be honest, whenever I see Google AdWords, I ignore them. I do too, weirdly enough. Or, or I am... Googling a specific company 
and their ad pops up because, you know, it makes sense that their ad would pop up directly above yeah. their um, organic search result. So I click on that ad and I cost them money because that is stupid advertising. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I so mean, do you purposely click on the ad? I do sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like, this uh, is stupid. Like, <laughs> Take this. I mean. I purposely avoid clicking on the ad I don't, I'm like, okay. I don't do it for like small local businesses. I do it for the right. big ones that are oh, obviously right. well, they going can. to pop up at the top of the search, but still they're advertising. They need the right off. The top. Like it's stupid. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is if I if I search for something like uh, let's say I search for the dealership that I work with, yeah. so Co-Track Ford Lincoln, um, and there'll be a GMC dealership that pops up <laughs> in, yeah. in the ad, and I'm like, I will click on you <laughs> just to cost you money. <laughs> That's funny. Um, take that. I want it. And five dollars. <laughs> Jeez, I don't think it's costing them five dollars. Is it five dollars? That's expensive. So I called. Um, I was doing some research for my class and I called Google because I received $150 Google credit in the mail. Yeah. Cause that's what happens when you register a domain, you're going to get free Google credit. Cause they just want to hook you and have you spend more money. And, um, I said, I don't know, like make it uh, 50 cents a dollar or something. And he goes, well, if you make it less than $5, you're not going to show up at all. <laughs> like there's, and he told me that one of the people in the area, it was spending fifteen dollars per, per click. Yeah, that's too that's too rich for me. Yeah, I can do a better um, job of just straight up SEO than getting my ads exactly. to show up in AdWords. So I'm just gonna stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not everyone's an expert, so some people may need the help, and some people do want, um, you know, the the word of mouth uh, has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm, you know, for so. Sure. If you need if you need the clients, then then so it so it is. But I could not believe how expensive it was. So I said, if I if I book fifteen dollars, that's ten potential clicks. That's one potential client. Yeah. You know, and I thought, well, one hundred fifty dollars to get one client that's too expensive. Yeah. Um, well, and we'll we'll share ways that you can like you know go out and shake hands and meet people that way as well. Right. So. Right. And I mean, uh, that's expensive. when you do a bridal show and and you spend. Um, you know, $1,000 on your booth and everything and you book four clients, well, that's even more expensive. So I guess you have to, at some point, you're going to have to even sit down and break down the cost of doing business. You know, what what does it cost to uh, uh, obtain a, a future client and and what does it cost to keep it? And, but again, yeah, future for sure. So uh, after Facebook, just what, what do you suggest? Just wait for it to kind of get popular and oh, uh, no. go from there or go out or and put meet your business people, like have a nice little marketing piece, um, mm -hmm. sort of like a business card, uh, possibly more unique than a business card that you can hand out to people. Go out and work in public, like go work with charities. I am not saying that you have to do a charity event like every month or give a whole bunch of stuff to charity, but like go out and meet people. Um, so funny thing about charities is, uh, almost every month a charity calls oh, us yeah. and says, do you want to get involved? <laughs> we want you to come out and shoot for free and then we'll, you know, throw your name around. And I have to admit it, it, it I used to get offended by that. I used, it used to be one of those people that says, who do you think you are? I'm <laughs> worth money. You know, I have to charge for my business, blah, blah, blah. The reality is that because people fail at the free marketing here. Um, when a charity reaches out to you, 
there's a huge potential for you to actually meet people, but you, you'll get what you put in. If you just show up and treat it as a free gig and just shoot and give them the files and go home, that's exactly the effort you put in is exactly how much work you're going to get from it. Mm -hmm. But if you go out there, if you have some sort of marketing material, if you shake hands, meet people, hand out some business cards, ask for business, ask for meetings, you know, you could potentially, you know, you're, you're working, but you're potentially creating new clients. So if you don't take these opportunities to promote yourself, then that then that's exactly what it's yeah. going to be. It's going to be just somebody taking advantage of you. So don't write these things off. Um, if somebody asks you to shoot something for free, go for it. And one of the things that I tell my class, tell my uh, colleagues who are just getting into weddings, I tell them, shoot your first couple of weddings for free. You know, do it for friends, family, whoever, just, just do it to get the experience. And because the the last thing I want people to do is, you know, to do a wedding that's very inexpensive and only put that much effort into it, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's my first wedding. They're only paying me $800, so I'm just only going to do $800 worth of shooting, so to speak. And, you know, your photos aren't going to look great if that's the attitude you bring to, to the table. Your... Your work ethic is going to show and people are going to see it. And then you, you're not going to have any content for your website or for your Facebook page or anything like that or for your sample albums. So if you actually get out there and give it your all as if it's the most expensive package you could have put together, you will be surprised at how good of an experience it's going to be. The bride and groom who you do this huge favor to they're taking a big risk too because you know you've never shot a wedding before so you're kind of they're kind of doing you a favor but when when you deliver them a product uh, that's you know beyond subpar it's it's better than good enough they're going to be ecstatic and they're going to become your brand ambassador and they're going to tell everybody about it you know just tell them not to say that they paid you nothing yeah i mean <laughs> uh, this is not to say shoot a whole bunch of weddings for free um, right. Just, <laughs> some people you, get into the habit of doing that and then they feel like they can't charge money because they haven't absolutely. charged money and you don't want to fall into, into that trap. So, I mean, do a couple of weddings for free, do them for cheap, but I'm, at some point you do have to start charging and you charging what charging. you're worth. Otherwise... Absolutely. You're just going to be cranky and like <laughs> think people well, are taking advantage of you all the time. You're going to realize that it, it, you you can't do it. Uh, you, you won't be able to do photography as a career. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to get a second job or, you know, live off of your partner. And uh, nobody, you know, that, that creates some hostile um, environments there. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, no, I think, I think people will understand what we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say at least. Um, with you know getting out there and getting some experience well, you know what really so those... you know what really worked for me was i i never shot a wedding for free what i did was i shot with other photographers so i went as a second photographer with you and then mm -hmm. with michael McLuhan and owen sound and there were a mm -hmm. couple other people and you and i discussed i mean it's pretty standard when you're a second photographer that you don't put those photos up it on your website <laughs> mm -hmm. saying that you shot this wedding. But the one thing that you 
um, allowed me to do was put some of those photos in like a sample album. So when I was yeah. home and meeting with clients, I could be like, well, these are photos I've taken at weddings, right? So you have something to show. So when I actually started shooting weddings on my own, I was getting paid for it. So there is definitely something to be said for being a second mm -hmm. photographer. You're going to learn a lot mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. And the thing with being a second photographer is you have to pay pay full attention to uh, exactly what's going on um, because you're not really doing the work of the main photographer, mm -hmm. so to speak. So um, that's why it's still, you know, I, I tell people, if you're going to do just a second shooter thing, do that for like six months mm -hmm. um, before you really get into it. Uh, maybe do it for a year, do it, do the entire season as a second photographer. Um, some people have even done it to the point where they go, you know what? I real, I'm so glad I've done this because I realized I don't want to do weddings. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't, I didn't commit to a year of weddings, yeah. uh, uh, and then hate my life for it. Well, and honestly, I've worked so. with a couple people who just say, I don't want to do it on my own. I would rather just shoot. I just like shooting. I would rather just shoot for other people. And I'm like, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's cool. I mean, I clearly well, have a control issue, so I can't do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. You know what I'm um, talking about. <laughs> of course I do. And to tell you the truth, nowadays, if, uh, if you wanted to come out as a second photographer or as an assistant and you photograph, uh, the wedding with me, I will let you put those images online. I really, yeah. I really don't care because. At the end of the day, it's it's just it's still showing your talent, showing what you can do. So, whatever if it helps you get started and helps you get the ball rolling, by all means. Um, one of the things that I kind of when I was thinking about this topic, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about um, making sure I say this first, but I kind of forgot about it. And what I what I'm trying to say is, don't be don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> be a nice person. Uh, what? Because for some reason, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sophia, get get in line. Um, I, I have some difficulty <laughs> with that. <laughs> you got to be a nice person. You uh, you know what? No. At the end of the day, you're representing yourself. You're representing your brand. And um, I've been to weddings where uh, a guest stepped in front of me, and I've pushed them out of the way with an with my elbow just because <laughs> I I wanted to get the shot. And. And I'll continue doing things, silly things like that because... Oh, like funny, you know, like I'll you were joking? I was kind of joking, okay. but I was mean mean about it. Oh, okay. You know, um, but don't don't pretend you're a rock star because you're not, you know, don't be a diva. Um, you're not more important than the wedding. Just seriously, just do your job. Do Because <clears throat> I've, I've been to weddings where I've observed, um, you know, being in the industry. I've watched the bartenders, I've watched the DJs, and I watched the serving staff. I watched the photographers, and the photographers are always strutting their stuff. They're just walking around pretending they're sort of they own the place. That the, you know what I mean? I'm just like, can you just dial it down and do your job? Um, I don't know why it bugs me so much, but um, you know they they just think that. It's almost as if it's their day and you're you're lucky to be there for them. I don't know. I don't get it. Don't be one of those people, please. Um, because you, you know, you'll find out really quickly that the day that something happens to your images, um, you're, you know, the bride and groom or your client, they're only going to be 
they're going to be treating you like a rock star who lost their images. <laughs> they're not going to be treating you like a really nice human being that something bad happened Speaking to them. Speaking about that, <clears throat> do you remember yeah. in college, well, when I was in college, and we all got Macs at Fanshawe, like the Mac laptops. Yeah. And they told yeah. us over and over and over again to get hard drives and to back up our stuff. And I didn't. And finally, mm -hmm. my laptop broke and I lost all the images on my laptop. I, I always say that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people who have lost their files. And then there's people who will. Yeah. Right. I do remember you saying that. That's... <clears throat> and so I don't the, remember the next thing. Go ahead. No, the next thing I want to talk about is equipment, you know, starting out what equipment you need. So, so go ahead. What do you want to say? Well, I just, I don't remember being too devastated about that happening. And I don't know why I wasn't because you would think I would have assignments or I must not have had any assignments due, or it must have broken just at the right time. Probably. But it was fine, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So as far as equipment is concerned, you need external hard drives. You need um, a fire safe that you can put these external hard drives in uh, to keep. And all I think of your... you need a backup for these external hard drives yeah. because well, there's... let's let's talk about backing up for a second. I think people don't realize what a backup is. Uh, a lot of my students and a lot of my colleagues they buy an external hard drive. They put all their images on this external hard drive. And they put it in a fire safe. And if that hard drive breaks, they cry <laughs> because they don't realize that it's not a backup. It's an archive. If you want to back something up, make a second copy. Mm -hmm. Don't be silly. Yeah. Right. So and I keep. I, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I recommend cloud backup. Yeah. Um, there's a service called Crash Plan. Mm -hmm. It's about six bucks a month. Or if you pay for the year, I think it's maybe even cheaper. Yeah. Um, I prepaid for three years. It's free for me now. <laughs> like, right? I only felt it the first year. Uh, or I only feel it the first year every three years. Um, so it's really cool because you, you can plug in your external hard drives. And it backs up your computer as well as your external volumes. It can even back up your memory cards yeah. if you wanted to. It does take forever. And if you live in the middle of nowhere with very slow upload speeds, <laughs> it could take you three months to do an initial backup. Yeah. But then as you put new information on it, it will just just back up that new information. And the best part about it is if you delete a file, you can still recover it. If your hard drive dies, you can recover everything you've ever backed up onto CrashPlan. Mm -hmm. They even have this really cool feature where... They can ship you a, a hard drive overnight of your entire backup. Mm. That's pretty so, handy. So, yeah, I never used it and <laughs> I don't want to because it is kind of expensive. But, um, you know. Yeah, I don't do a cloud backup of my photos just because I am in the country and we're not actually on like hardwired internet. We have like dial up speed, upload speed. It's really terrible. <laughs> Um, soft wire it's bad <laughs> our internet floats through the air guys like <laughs> it's not good um but i Bounces still have pigeons. multiple backups <laughs> so i have three backups of all of my photos um and i have a time capsule three backups or three copies thing. three copies yes mm -hmm. okay um and i update them as well i don't know sometimes yeah 
Well, it's important to do that. And <clears throat> I mean, everybody always says, you know, backup, space is cheap, get an extra hard drive, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I, uh, I delete a lot of raw files all the time. Like mm -hmm. if I shoot a wedding yeah. and I come home with 2000 images and I pick out 400, I'm not keeping 1600 raw images. No. Uh, they're gone. They're deleted. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> when you're starting out, make sure to start growing a pair to get the confidence uh, to be able to do stuff like that. Because uh, everybody comes to me and they said, I'm terrified of deleting those files. <laughs> and I said, why are you terrified of deleting those files? You got the 400 best ones. Just pretend you never took those. Like you know, how many save photos? Save the hard drive space. I know. How many photos do people need from a wedding? They don't even need 400, for goodness sake. <laughs> Honestly, 50 to 60. If pe that's, yeah. that's the magic number. If people are saying to you, can we see more photos? Just be like, no, none of the other ones turned out. Like, <laughs> Exactly. They don't want to look through. They do not want to look through 2,000 photos. The problem is that uh, if, you, if you give people 400 photos... Um, you, you've given him too many. <laughs> um, no, that that's, that's, that's fact. And I've, I've have given people 400, 400 photos and that's typically bride getting ready, groom getting ready. Um, the bride, the, the bride and her bridesmaids after they got ready, the groom and his groomsmen after they got ready, possibly a first look, creative photo shoot right away. If not, then ceremony, family photos, creative shoot. Um, and then reception, and that typically is in the three to four hundred range, and that typically is yeah. too many photos. I think that um, the photos that I pick out that I am excited about, like the best photos from the wedding, I don't think I've ever gone above two hundred. And then editing that down can be a little mm -hmm. bit difficult. But even with the two hundred, that's like little details throughout the day, like their centerpieces and all of that stuff. And they don't need 20 pictures of yeah. their centerpieces for goodness sake. Um, exactly. Oh, I was going to say, I often see young and, and uh, starting out photographers. Um, there's that level of confidence isn't there yet. So when yeah. they're photographing a bride and groom, for example, from the same angle, from the same um, focal point, they will quite often snap like a dozen photos. And I kind of look at it and I say, did you got this? Like, why, why take 11 more? Like take one, move on, change something up. <laughs> and that's what creates such, such big amounts of files. Really at the end yeah. of the day, um, you're going to get varying expressions and everything, but you're also going to waste a lot of your time. Now I'll let you in on a little secret. Uh, both Hannah and I absolutely hate editing weddings. <laughs> we just dislike it. So much so that Hannah can edit a wedding in about an hour. <laughs> okay. Yep. Now, <laughs> uh, that's that's from start to finish. That's from downloading the cards uh, to computer into Lightroom, picking out all the photos, and to uh, saying, "Okay, here's the computer, export them." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge of exporting them, um, and it, I, I absolutely love that. But what it takes is having the confidence to capture the moment and also capture it well. Um, I'm a firm believer of getting it right the first time in camera. Yeah. So sharpness, exposure, all of that, it's going to be pretty spot on. There's just going to be minor tweaks that, that needed to be done. And I do that just to save the time and the space and, and everything. Now, the funny thing is it still takes us weeks and weeks to get the photos out to people. Um, but, uh, the reality is, is 
that it just it doesn't take long to edit a wedding anymore and so if we need to rush and kind of put them ahead of everyone you know we can typically get something out within a week um I hope none of my clients are listening because they're going to be like, why am I waiting four weeks to get my wedding photos? <laughs> but um, uh, the truth of the truth of the matter is, is that it is possible and it, it just creates so much free time because at the end of the day, I would rather watch a movie with Hannah than edit photos, Yeah, you know? So, but uh, having this confidence, um, it, you have to start with the right stuff you have to have the proper equipment so um having a backup is great but you know if you have the money invest into a high-end computer uh something that will help you edit your photos something that will uh run smoothly and efficiently but more importantly something that has a very good quality display Mm -hmm. um the the specs are so arbitrary anymore because you can pick up the bottom bottom line MacBook from Apple and it will still edit your photos in Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever. However, how you see these photos on on your screen, um, the the color balance, the density, everything will depend largely on your display. So. I recommend getting a high-end computer with a really good quality of display. If you're going the Mac route and you don't need to bring it around, get yourself an iMac. Their displays are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And the Mac platform is just very stable. If you're one of those people that's afraid of Apple computers, you need to see somebody about it. Because, <laughs> Go yeah, see Hannah. <laughs> well... Yeah, she's not she's not really that person to see, but but yeah, I, I'm talking about go see a therapist. You know, have, <laughs> oh, them, <no. laughs> have them tell you that it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, it's not a big learning curve. I mean, Photoshop essentially works exactly the same on both platforms. I just find it's a lot more stable on Macs. So if you can afford yeah, a Mac, sure. please go get one. It's just gonna save you so much so much trouble, so many headaches. Um because by the time you build a really cool PC, uh, with a really good quality display, you've spent more than you would have on an iMac. Um, laptop, if you want to go mobile, get yourself a get yourself one with a 15-inch screen um, and a Retina display, and at least a 256 gigabyte hard drive. Do not get anything with uh, with with less than that. I would recommend 512 or maybe a terabyte, but obviously we're talking about big money. And of course, if you're getting an Apple computer, get Apple Care. Protect yourself. It is your business. It is a business expense. Cover yourself because that good quality display, if something was to happen to it, will cost you $800 plus just to replace. Yeah. So, um, but then moving forward from this equipment um, or t- moving forward from this hardware onto other equipment, what is your take on cameras, Sophia? <laughs> Um, that's a complicated question. Did you see? Well, I'm kind of setting you up for setting you up for it because you are, you are the perfect example of, um, of what I'm, of the point I'm trying to make in your camera bag. What brand cameras do you have? Canon. And what about lenses? Like everything. Everything. (laughs) Exactly. And when you say everything, it doesn't mean Nikon or Sony. No, I have, you mean like, there are some Canon lenses, but there's also Sigma. Yeah. There's also Tamron. And that's that's what I'm going to tell people right now is embrace the fact that there are third-party manufacturers out there that make quality product. 
especially Sigma lenses. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you want to, if you want to do something, it's a lot more important for you to have the the equipment than for you to have the equipment that says Canon on it. I, you know? I do remember that one wedding I was shooting with you, and I think I've talked about this on the show before. And I was shooting with a Tamron macro lens, and I was taking some yep. detail photos, and you're shooting the bride, you know, photographing the bride, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm over here like. <laughs> trying to focus on her shoes <laughs> and all i hear is, i remember that that lens is really loud <laughs> and i was like yeah i think is. i made a joke that you um you put a chainsaw motor on the focusing mechanism <laughs> it was it's so loud it's such a loud yeah. lens but then from what i remember you took those photos back and you texted me later and you said these are really sharp <laughs> yep and I used to sell uh, photographic equipment and I sold a lot of those Tamron 90 millimeter lenses yeah. and I recommended them to a lot of yeah. people because they're half the price of the Canon and Nikon yeah. ones or they used to be anyway. Well, and, and they're just as sharp. Here's another secret about them is they're plastic and they are light. And yes. if you are carrying around a metal lens for 12 hours at a wedding, your <laughs> arms are going to be gosh darn exhausted <laughs> yeah that and I, I actually find that the plastic stuff does better when you drop it on the ground because you're clumsy um. <laughs> it bounces back eh? <laughs> you know what i really liked about uh, sigma lenses is that they have a seven-year warranty yeah um, that means a lot to me that means that the company is willing to stand behind their product and back it up tamron i believe had five year maybe seven as well i don't recall Mm -hmm. Canon has one year warranty out of the box and it's, it's kind of disappointing yeah. sometimes, you know, I do love my Canon lenses. And, and the funny thing is I only have Canon lenses now, uh, because in 2014, in August, when all our equipment got stolen, my Sigma art lenses, the 35 mil, the 50 mil, um, they, they all were stolen with the, with the cameras. Mm -hmm. And I, I just replaced them with the Canon stuff because, uh, the store didn't have the Sigma lenses in stock at the point at the time. And the insurance company just paid for the replacement, yeah. right? They didn't say, no, no, don't, don't get those. You know, <laughs> you can't work. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was a blessing in disguise, but at the same time, you know, I, the blessing in disguise part was the fact that I got to start with new equipment because some of my lenses were 10, 12, 15 years old, yeah. but I have to admit, I do miss some of my prime uh, Sigma lenses. Yeah. And, you know, if uh, if you if you work for Canon and you're listening to this, um, I will say this right now. The Canon lenses with the Canon cameras, that's your best solution because they're always going to work. They're guaranteed to work. Uh, the guys at Canon, especially my CPS membership, covers me so well. They treat me extremely well. But uh, keep an open mind to that there's Nikon users out there too and mm -hmm. Pentax and Sony and et cetera, et cetera. And, well, a big um, part of it for recommending these lenses to people is that, I mean, you don't necessarily have five grand to drop or more, really. You're uh -huh. going to have to spend like yep. 10 grand on a full set of camera equipment, not including lights. Absolutely. You might not have 10 grand to spend on equipment for a wedding. So... <clears throat> These yeah. third-party lenses are another option. They're less expensive and they will perform just fine. Just as well, yeah. yeah. I do recommend you get yourself a really good camera body. Yeah. Something that will focus well, something that has good a good processor and good software. So, um, you know, and I do recommend you get yourself like uh, what, the 35 millimeter sensor. 
because <clears throat> I refuse to call it a full frame sensor. I hate <laughs> that term so much. <clears throat> so get yourself the quote unquote full frame sensor. Um, current model Canon 6D would be uh, sort of the bare minimum I would recommend. But I would really turn you on to uh, secondhand 5D Mark III before I, if you could, before running out and getting a 6D. Uh, and the main reason for that is because this camera allows you to record on two separate cards simultaneously. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I can actually record on a compact flash and an SD card at the same time, which gives me the opportunity to back up my images while I shoot. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much, I would rather uh, have a 5D Mark III body, or if you, if you can afford the 5D Mark IV, please go ahead and buy one and spend a little bit of less uh, money on really good quality lenses. You know, don't buy the really, the, the bottom line stuff or kind of like the really cheap uh, third party stuff. And uh, yeah, kind of go from the, from there. Yeah. Lighting. Do you need lighting? Oh boy. Do you need lighting? No. Do you need flash? No. Yeah. You probably need flash. If you're shooting lighting, you yeah. need flash. Um, get yourself a flash if, get yourself at least one flash yeah if you're not studio studio lighting if you're not planning on not doing studio sense. stuff don't bother spending the money on studio equipment <laughs> not yet anyway no too. there will be situations in which you could use <clears throat> a lighting setup but guess what you can use your flash that way as well you can sync your flashes yeah. with your camera you could get a stand like a light stand and an umbrella and you could use um, your your flashes that way and if you find that it's very handy it's something you enjoy doing and you want to continue doing or you are you're needing this on a regular basis that's when I would invest in the lights but mm -hmm. since we're talking to you know students starting out I wouldn't necessarily say that you go and you drop 30 to 50 grand on a bunch of equipment yeah. that you're not and one of the going to one of the first mistakes that students make um, is they buy the lights that their college uh uh, program or their high school program has in the yeah, studios no. and please don't do that do some research for example um the studios in fancher college in london they were using speedotron which uh, had the power packs and photogenic yeah the studios in um lambton college mm -hmm. are using speedotrons and Ellenchrome lights <laughs> Both are just as good. However, do your research on the co the the future cost of replacing <laughs> bulbs, yeah, and you know flash bulbs and replacing uh, modeling lamps. A photogenic modeling lamp is in the two hundred dollar range, and it's kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I really enjoyed the lights. I really liked them. I thought they were very good quality and very well built. I would never buy one just for that reason. <laughs> Flash tubes and everything. They're just too darn expensive. Um, so I chose to, because I travel with my lights a lot. So if they fall, break, get stolen, whatever, don't care. But I purchased my, uh, myself Alien B lights from Paul C. Buff, and I could not have been happier. Um, I'm yet to find somebody who can prove to me that a uh, softbox from Profoto and a Profoto light will give me a better light than my Alien Bees or my Einstein light with a $150 softbox or a $20 strip box that I bought from eBay. I get quality results and I'm really happy with it. The best part about it is that the flash tube is only $30 US and the modeling light is a household bulb. 
And because of that, I purchased myself six lights and I absolutely are, am in love with them. And uh, I will recommend them to everybody. Uh, unless, of course, you have another uh, hookup on something that is similarly inexpensive to mm -hmm. run. Um, and the funny thing is, every single light I purchased over 10 years ago. So I purchased my lights back in 2003. So 13 years. <clears throat> You're not going to believe this, Sophia, but I have not replaced a single flash tube. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have do backups believe you. for every single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I must have hundred thousand, uh, exposures through them yeah. because, you know, if you look at my, uh, files on my hard drives, I have a lot, you know, because <laughs> I don't just use them in the studio. I like, I use them for photo booths. I use them for everything. Yeah. I would travel to Toronto to do corporate gigs with them. They're still kicking it. Yeah. And for some reason, I felt like we were replacing a flash tube once a year on the photogenic set. Well, uh, you probably venture. were. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, people were a lot harder on them because they, they weren't their lights and they were students and yeah. whatever. Probably dropped them. But still, it's yeah. I will recommend it to everybody. Well, I have the uh, Alien Bees and mine are yellow. So... <laughs> Lemons. <laughs> <laughs> it's Love kind it. of wicked being able to show up to a gig and have like branded lights. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and this goes back into the whole branding thing so do a little bit of thinking about about the entire kind of branding thing but i i think it's awesome i love that you have yellow lights <laughs> <laughs> so that's another kind of cool thing about uh, alien bees is you can get uh, yellow black green like pink. white pretty sure there's pink yeah i don't know why i remember pink i'm not particularly fond of pink there's or even an orange one, and then they even did a limited edition red one, I believe. Oh, but yeah. I, I have black lights and white lights. Yeah. The white lights I bring to weddings. Ah. Yeah. And uh, the black lights stay in the studio. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just one of those things. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's pretty funny when we used to do corporate stuff at in Toronto at these companies' uh, offices, um, I would set up a, a low-key and a high-key kind of a setup um, so I'd have a white background with white lights <laughs> oh, and, uh, a black background with black lights. And, um, nobody ever noticed that except for one art director. He goes, so does the color of the light actually, you know, depend on the reflection? <laughs> I said, you're overthinking this dude. Get, get over there. I'm photographing your headshot today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I remember that specifically. Um, but you know what? So for, for you guys who are starting fresh in this year, um, hopefully this gives you kind of an idea, a checklist, a mental checklist, uh, just to, to make sure all your, uh, I's are dotted, all your T's are crossed, you know, uh, all your ducks are in the row, so to speak. Yeah. I think basically the important part is like, keep it pretty simple. Like exactly. Keep your website simple. Do not focus too much on Facebook. Make sure that you're backing up all of your files. Mm -hmm. Um, don't overdo it. Yeah. Your equipment. I mean, don't spend money on stuff that you don't need. Don't waste money on stuff that isn't going to last. Um, what else? Memory cards. Um, one thing about memory get cards. Get good memory cards. <laughs> get good quality memory cards. Even even if this third-party brand you've never heard of uh, has a lifetime warranty, it's not worth it. Just get, get yourself... The, the, the better, more expensive card. You're only paying 20, 30 bucks more, but you're going to be using it for years to come. Yeah. Um, 
And don't take advice from old photographers who will <laughs> tell you to get multiple cards of smaller. Um, I still do that. I do do that. Well, and by smaller, so, I mean they're like 16 gigs. Yeah. Because I record to two cards, I will get 64 or higher. Yeah. Right. And because I don't want to change cards in the middle of a wedding and then lose it or have it go corrupt or something. See, I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> um, but, that, you know, just, just think about how you want to do this. Yeah. Uh, because you, if you are actually thinking of doing this as a business, think about the, the key word that I always throw around, efficiency. Mm-hmm. So once, once you have everything in, you know, in the bag, so to speak, uh, try, to, try to make uh, as little work for yourself as possible. Mm-hmm. And as the clients start to pour in, uh, make sure you're running wave apps, make sure you're doing invoicing and all your bookkeeping and all your receipt tracking. Contracts, do contracts. Contracts. <laughs> go back and listen should, to episode 14. Yeah. yeah, go back in time. That's the beauty part about these podcasts yeah. is, you know, start start the year fresh, fresh by going back in time and listening to our past episodes. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> kind of go from there. Um, as far as equipment goes, you know, I'll, I'll throw a lot of couple, couple other things out there. Get yourself a comfortable strap if you do plan to shoot weddings because you're going to have, you're going to be wearing your camera on you for eight hours or more. Um, get yourself a really comfortable pair of shoes um, and things like that too. So just consider about your, your physical comfort, um, you know, obviously get yourself some re- lots of rest before shoots. Um, these things, these are the things that you will learn as you, as you do this, but you know, a wedding can be mentally exhausting (laughs) and that's why people say they're stressful because, you know, by halfway through, you're already mentally exhausted and you feel like you're like, you're super stressed out. You usually sleep pretty well that night though, unless you're staying (laughs) in the same hotel as the wedding party and then you might not sleep because they're loud. Exactly. Like, yeah. Always get a different floor and don't tell them you're staying there because yeah, they'll, they'll wake you up and they'll say, come on out to the bonfire. (laughs) Come party. And you're like half asleep and they're like, no, I always wondered how it was possible. You know, we'll go shoot a, we'll go shoot a wedding up North and we'll stay in the same hotel uh, as the bride and groom. And it's 2am and the bride and groom are still up singing and drinking and <laughs> and i'm like okay we're calling it a night the next day we're barely moving and they're and they're so like enthused and yep. they're like yeah i'm getting my makeup done oh right <laughs> i'm like how are you still not drunk you know they probably <laughs> but, are they are probably still yeah. drunk <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that makes all the sense in the world so um yeah and one more thing about equipment oh my goodness I, I man wanna, <laughs> i want to hear what you have to say about this because a lot of people are going to say Canon or Nikon. Oh, did you read that article that Kendra posted to the Facebook group? No. If you guys haven't read this article, go read it on Facebook. I'm going to be making a blog post about this, and I'm sure we'll have a longer discussion about it on the podcast. But basically, Bride Magazine, I think, posted these essential questions to ask your wedding photographer. And one of them was, what equipment does your photographer use? And I hate it when people ask me that question because it doesn't matter you've seen my photos you like them that's all you need to know you don't need to know what kind of camera i'm using and this article went on to say that if your photographer is not using nikon or canon spelled c-o wait c-a-n-n-o-n 
um, yeah. then they are not a professional photographer. And I just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I use Canon, but at the same time, that is not accurate information. <laughs> of course it's <laughs> that not. That made me so but, mad. <laughs> but as a starting photographer, um, I would say that those are the two brands that you should really kind of put on the top of your list, top of your short list, because they're going to offer you the most versatility in the long run. However, my number one thing I tell all the students and all the people starting out, and if you, you probably didn't even know this, but I offer private lessons. If you want to become a photographer, uh, or if you bought an SLR, I do one-on-one tutoring and mentoring and things like that. But there's quite a few people who are starting out and say, okay, I want to learn. I need a camera. What am I getting? What do you use? And I tell people, do one of two things, either establish a budget, or if you don't have a budget and you're just going to buy a kit, get your butt over to a store that stocks almost every brand possible that will give you what you want to use and ask them to line them up in front of you. So if you want to drop five grand to 10 grand on a kit, Ask them for, you know, a Canon 6D or Canon 5D Mark III or Mark IV. Ask them for the Nikon, uh, I don't know, Nikon D610 or D750 or something. Ask them for the Sony equivalent. Ask them for the Panasonic or even ask them for an Olympus mirrorless or whatever. Ask them for everything that's in your price range and then pick them up. The camera that feels the most comfortable in your hand with button layout and everything like that that's the camera you should buy. So don't worry about how they spell camera on the front. If they spell <laughs> camera with a C or if they spell camera with an S or an N, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if it's awkward and feels gross in your hand, you won't want to use it. <laughs> if that's it the... feels gross. <laughs> <laughs> when I started out, I shot on Minolta. Mm-hmm. It was because the Minolta camera felt the most comfortable. The button layout just made so much sense. And I learned on a Pentax K1000. So when I was buying an autofocus uh, SLR, I went with Minolta because Minolta was really kind of at the top of their game. And they had the Maxim 7 that came out. And talk about sweet cameras for the right price too. I would have recommended them day and night. You know, when we went digital, uh, Minolta wasn't doing digital. They, I think they thought digital was going to be a hoax. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So uh, they ended up selling their, uh, platform to Sony, which was great for people who had all the Minolta lenses. And so it came time for me to pick up a digital camera. Uh, and so I went with Canon because again, it felt better in my hands than Nikon did. It had nothing to do with menus, had nothing to do with who was using what, but Going back to when I was picking out an autofocus uh, film camera, I picked up a Nikon and it was just huge. It was super bulky and I don't have the biggest hands in the world. So I needed something kind of smaller. I needed something kind of more sleeker that just worked better that I could use a lot better. And Nikon literally felt gross. It just felt like a giant oversized toad (laughs) in my hands. Um, I couldn't really focus with it very well like the the uh, shutter button was too far and that may have been the camera in that price range but the the case in point was that it was just too awkward um same thing with canon it was just a little too wide and too big and too thick for me and so i ended up going with minolta and then when we went digital i went to canon 
tomorrow if Apple computers decided to release a digital SLR <laughs> that was going to make my life easier and better and more efficient, there's a really good chance I would go that route. Yeah, it's called know? the iPhone 7 Plus Petro. Exactly. Which I am super a- <laughs> excited to get, by the way. I was driving around You're this morning with just my cell phone in my car and it was like beautiful. And I was like, man, if I had my new phone, I might get out of the car and take a picture. But I don't, so I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully, you know, hopefully I just saved somebody a lot of uh, headaches. And if if you meet somebody who tells you that you picked the wrong camera, walk away. Yeah, walk away. Because roll your eyes and walk away. um, (laughs) There's actually there's an there's an artist on facebook and i would love to post this uh in the show notes if you don't mind i'll send you a link yeah uh she took a photograph with a really expensive camera i think i mentioned this last last episode mm-hmm. and uh one with that cost a tenth of the of the amount of money and people guessed wrong every time <laughs> they thought that the more expensive camera was the oh. was the better looking photo. Well, you should go read this article then, because in this article they're saying like even if the if the photographer is shooting with a Hasselblad, that they're not a professional photographer. Oh, and I come nearly on. lost it. <sighs> I was like, "Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> if they're shooting with a well, Hasselblad, they must make a lot of money." <laughs> Or they owe a lot of money. Or they owe can, a lot of money. <laughs> I can think of a of an individual right now who uh, who boasts that uh, their company uh, uses Hasselblad, um, and it's super annoying because they're also the ones who are making fun of other people for using Fuji or something like that. Yeah, it d- really know? doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it really has no bearing on the quality of the photos. Yeah. And I'm going to be like writing a response to this article because some of the recommended sorry the recommended questions were just information that brides and grooms should not be asking because it's just going they don't need it they don't need to know but it is it creates more confusion for them because they get all this information back and then what do they do with it nothing because it means absolutely nothing yep what i tell bride and groom when i meet them all the time is um I, uh, this is, it's almost verbatim. I say, guys, it'd be silly for me to assume that I'm the only photographer you're meeting with. A little bit of advice I can give you is don't worry about, uh, equipment or what their studio looks like. I said, if you're meeting somebody at Starbucks, whatever, don't let those things, um, uh, influence your decision. I said, instead consider the person themselves, because at the end of the day, this is going to be a guest at your wedding. Mm -hmm. Who's going to also be doing a job and, and I, I'm telling you, it's it's a sales tactic. Uh, I say this just so that they can kind of go, wow, he's telling the truth. He's being really honest. We should hire him. <laughs> and it works. I'll be honest with you. It works. Oh, my goodness. I, I'll get emails all the time saying, I love meeting with you. It was so eye-opening. We met with another person and they were just bashing um, the competition and saying that they're better. And yet you told us to go meet with other people. How awesome was that? We want to book you, you know? So that's 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 for another time (laughs) but um hopefully we've answered some of your questions uh if you decided that you wanted to pursue photography as a career um it's never too late to start doesn't matter if you're 17 or 71 um you can do it you know you may not be able to do the same things but this checklist is going to help you uh, it's going to save you a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And if you have any questions, uh, we're here to help, uh, our Facebook group. Um, 
has been getting a lot of traffic lately. Uh, we've been making some recommendations to our listeners uh, about camera bags and uh, other things. So um, no question is too silly. No question is too foreign. Just Although, please come join the conversation. If, if people yeah. could please stop posting links to really cool looking camera bags, that would really help <laughs> me out. Because I honestly, I looked at a bunch of those and I went, I want to buy all of them. Like they all look right? cool. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I know. I don't know if we helped her at all. <laughs> well, I have a feeling she's going with uh, with that Kickstarter one because yeah. that that bag is just super cool. Um, but if you want to uh, know what we're talking about, you're going to have to get on the Facebook group, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that goes back to being comfortable. Um, you know, you have to make sure that. Uh, A, don't bring every single piece of equipment you own just because you have it. And B, you know, don't buy unnecessary stuff if you're not going to use it. And when buying things, make sure that you're willing to carry them, right? Um, We never mentioned a tripod. You know, do you need a tripod? Absolutely, you need a tripod, especially if you're doing family photos and you don't have an assistant. Leave that camera in place, you know, if you have to um kind of manure people and whatnot um and i'm talking about wedding wedding family photos right mm-hmm. where you kind of set set people up um i love using a tripod with a 70 to 200 lens at 200 millimeters so i stand really far when i do family photos <laughs> i might and actually have it, to start doing that i was just gonna say i absolutely hate using a tripod but that's actually not yeah. a bad technique to get people to move the heck out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah, it works really well. It works amazing. And oh, uh, of course, Hannah Hannah just has to step a little bit out of the frame. She doesn't have to go, you know, like run far or behind me uh, as a result. Because <laughs> sorry, I'm picturing. Because... I'm literally picturing her picturing her running and diving out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> not Hannah. Uh, you no. should hear her uh, direct people she she's very good at it um she can she can almost come off mean if you if you don't know her she can come off mean she's just like get in line shut up and smile <laughs> not quite that bad but <laughs> uh she's good at it, it sounds I love like it. a pretty good uh, line make to a good me team. i might have to try that one <laughs> <laughs> get in line shut up and smile yeah that should be the the topic of our uh next episode <laughs> um or uh, the title rather <laughs> right there um so uh, as far as a tripod, uh, somebody, one of the people uh, that used to mentor me told me this about tripods. He said, get the heaviest tripod you're willing to carry. And I was like, that makes so much sense because the heavier the tripod, the better camera base it is, you know, to support almost anything. And, um, you know, it's also going, you also have to consider that if you want to carry that around and nobody carries a tripod around during a wedding you cut it's something you just break out during the family shoots yeah so well i am um, I, I am really looking forward to listening to this episode later because i have literally missed half of what you have said i love it <laughs> <laughs> surprise <laughs> stupid rural no, internet <laughs> say that five times fast stupid rural internet stupid rural internet is that fast enough <laughs> nope <laughs> might as well drop it now I can't it's, hear it's what you're saying. Rural, I, I think it's the, the rural is screwing <laughs> you up. <laughs> I, I swear All people right. are going to think we're still hungover from New Year's Eve or something. <laughs> okay, I didn't drink. So if you're listening to this well, episode, whatever. yeah. 
if you're listening to this episode and you think uh and you're having a good time then great if you you think we sound drunk just you know bear with us <laughs> we have some really good stuff to talk about so yeah but um yeah, on that note is there anything is there anything you want to add at all for people starting out i don't know because i couldn't hear what you were saying <laughs> <laughs> I might be repeating what you said, but we're yeah, you're right. we're at like an hour and 20 minutes now. So I imagine we probably covered enough. But if you guys could so please too. go on our Facebook group and let exactly. us know if you have any thoughts on this episode, if you have any more questions, if we didn't cover something, which is bound to happen because, you know, you can't really fit all of photography into an hour and 20 minutes. Um, no, no, <laughs> we would exactly. love to answer. And this is sort of a... <laughs> This is a recipe for, you know, a, this is a basic recipe for a kind of a, a loaf of bread, mm. if I'm c- comparing <laughs> photography bread. to a loaf you of bread. You have really weird metaphors. <laughs> I do, you know. This is just the bread and butter kind of oh. stuff, so. <laughs> All right, um, well. It is an easy being cheesy, <laughs> but on that note. Yeah, if this was your first time listening, we hope you learned something new and you can share your feedback on this episode on Facebook at the Double Exposure Show group. And thanks to Benjamin Edward for our artwork and Ben Sound for our theme music. And the podcast is released every Wednesday and you can find show notes for this episode at doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 15. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Tell your friends, share it with your coworkers, and we will talk to you next week. And Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, right, that. Happy New Year, yes. I swear, I thought you're you're thanking Benjamin Edward for for our aardvark. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the aardvark, Benjamin. <laughs>